That's the reason we're here. Not only the reason we're here in church, it's the reason we're here on this earth is to bring glory to the God who loved us and formed us and gave us life to begin with. So let's bow our heads and invite him to be part of this service. Father, you're the most important person to be in this service today because if you're not here, then we'd all do well just to go on home. But Father, we do invite you. We, we beg you to be here in great power and great demonstration of thy Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you would convict hearts as only you can. We pray, Lord, that you would give peace as only you can. We pray that you would be the ruler of the king, the high king of heaven, as only you are. Father, we pray that you'd be the king of our heart, the Lord of lords and the God of gods in our life. Father, we pray that we'd honor you in all that we do by way of singing, by way of speaking, and all that we do today would bring glory to the name of Christ, our Savior, in whose name we pray and all of God's people said. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We want to welcome you to First Baptist Church of Coronado. If you, you know, we got several churches on this street on C Avenue. So if you meant to go to another one and wound up here by mistake, (laughs) we're glad you're here anyhow. And uh, we promise not to lock the doors. You can get up and go at any time you need to. But we're glad to have you here. And if you're watching by way of Facebook or YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, We want to encourage you to maybe pick up some of the past sermons by uh, going to the sites, and we have everything archived there for about the last two years, actually, since we've been under the COVID deal here. So uh, thank you so much for coming. If you are a first-time guest today, may I ask you to do me a favor, please? Uh, I I would love for you to take one of these connection cards on the seat back in front of you and take just a few minutes. There should be a pen close by there also, and fill out the connection card And then if you have prayer requests, put those on the back. If you have questions about our church, put those on the back. If you want to join the church, want to be saved, want to uh, to, uh, be baptized, whatever it is, uh, fill that out as well. And then take the card and to the left of the doors as you leave. You can give these to myself or my wife or any of the, uh, if you know somebody who's part of the church here, you can give it to them. They'll get it to us. But there's a box to the left of the double doors. It's got a little cross on top, and that's where our members put their tithes and offerings in. But we encourage you as a guest just to put your guest card, connection card in there. Hope you'll come back and be with us again uh, very, very soon. Also, uh, let me see. We've got a video that I want you to see right now. So if we could go ahead and show that. It's a very important one for this time of the year.
the first time since 1973, we may actually have a Supreme Court <clears throat> that could uh, write an injustice that was done a long, long time ago. So we need to be praying for our Supreme Court members. We need to be praying for those who value life. Uh, every life is in the image of Almighty God. And that's why Satan loves to destroy babies. <clears throat> it's because they, uh, they are in the image of Almighty God. So uh, be praying for our Supreme Court and for the decisions they'll make regarding the sanctity of life. Today, be preaching a monetary inventory. Uh, we'll be talking about debt, taking a look at debt. And what does the Bible have to say about it? You might be surprised. It has a whole lot to say about it. Uh, and also, the budgets are available uh, on the back table. Julie, where are, which table are they on? The one? <clears throat> okay. So if you're interested, at that table right by the sound booth, there's a budget. Pick it up. If you have any questions, give us a call. We'll, if I can't answer them, which I probably can't, I'll have our treasurer answer those for you. Uh, but uh, go ahead and get one of those. We're going to vote on those in two weeks. Be the budget for 2022. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will be judged, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. One of the most powerful statements ever made. And uh, we thank God for someone who made that uh, statement. And uh, we should honor him on this particular day. Check out our bulletin for several Bible studies held throughout the week. Tuesday, the Navigators will meet. By the way, the Navigator meal, uh, the church meal for military after church today will be on the patio today because we have quite a few uh, that may not all fit in Ryan's uh, bungalow next door. So uh, we invite you all to stick around for the meal. Then they meet on Tuesday nights, <clears throat> and we have several Bible studies through the week. The newest one on Thursday night going through the book of Revelation, <clears throat> and you're invited to those. Check the bulletin. All of them are listed uh, Nancy Trotters and Bible Study Fellowship and our Friday morning ladies Bible study. All those are listed in there, so check them out. They give times and locations. Next Sunday, first things first. And if you're interested in uh, a free initial consult uh, about filling out a, uh, about getting a church trust, a will or a trust, if you're interested in that, go ahead and put your name, contact information on here. And um, it's on the 30th. We'll have lunch for those at RSVP. And then we'll have just a, another little session with our special speaker who will be uh, with us that Sunday talking about such things. And, you know, it's important to be a good steward, not only while we're alive and on earth, but after we're gone. With the things that God has entrusted to us, we need to make sure that they're uh, used in the way that would please and honor God. Also, if you're interested in a nine-week getting out of debt program, that is proven and true, tried and true. If you're interested in that, and I know in Coronado, nobody has debt. Everybody's uh, fluent. All of you, you guys probably drive Ferraris and uh, Aston Martins and all of that. But, uh, but you know what? If, if you happen to know somebody who's interested in a nine-week get-out-of-debt program, uh, you also need to fill out one of the cards, put the nine-week get-out-of-debt program on there, and we'll give you more information. But uh, I promise you, it is an amazing, amazing thing. So uh, I hope you will participate in that. Uh, now, when we dismiss the kids, not yet, but when we do, our sixth through uh, ninth graders will also be dismissed to their class on the patio. First and third Sundays are when they meet 
uh, right after we have our preliminaries in here. But right now, we're going to continue to worship the Lord, so I'll ask you to stand with me once again as we sing a couple more songs that our priest team will lead us in.
wonderful. Thank you, praise team. You may be seated in the auditorium. And if you want to help us exalt the Lord Jesus Christ by being part of our praise team, you need to see Shira right here. And uh, she will tell you what's necessary and talk to you about that. But thank you, praise team, for doing that. Last week was a little bit of heaven on earth. Uh, we had uh, right at 170 people here, which is uh, more than we actually have seats for, just about. We had set up extra seats last week and uh, thankful for that. But we had uh, four of our adults follow the Lord and believers' baptism. And I, I would like for you, Lori, to come up here. I want to give you this certificate of baptism, certifying that you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit on January the 9th. Would you stand right here? And Caitlin Hurst, would you would you mind coming also? And also a certificate of baptism. Remain standing right up here. And Scott Grenet, are you here, Scott? All right, here he is. God bless you, my friend. You overflowed the baptistry a little bit. I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you the bill for the water cleanup that we had here, so it's no problem. But Cindy Wilson also followed her Lord in Believer's Baptism. God bless you. And is Debbie Jasperson here right now? Debbie, are you here? She came for membership, so she is a member. Don't tell her that she's already a member. If she's not here, we'll just let her guess and wonder about that. Would you give them all a hand? Again, thank you guys. May be seated. Thank you so much. Glad, to, glad for that. We'll be having a new membership uh, class also coming up, uh, hopefully in the next quarter, so that uh, not only these who were baptized can go ahead and become full members, but those of you who might be interested would be able to do so. Okay, boys and girls, all the boys and girls of First Baptist Church, would you come right down here in the front, okay? I want to talk to you for just a minute. got my little minute message here this morning. So here's all my favorite people in the whole wide world, little boys and girls from First Baptist Church. All right, awesome. Let's give them a hand, all right? All right, boys and girls, I want to talk to you about bees. How many of you have ever been stung by a bee? You have? You have? You haven't? Okay. A wasp. That's like a cousin, huh? A bee cousin or something. Yeah, a wasp. And have you been stung? Oh, did it hurt? He's allergic? Oh, it's a yellow jacket. Yeah, they're a lot like bees, like little baby bees, huh? Oh, I'm so sorry, because sometimes they're real friendly and they won't do that. But how many of you know that bees are really, 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 really good for us? How many know that? Because why? Do you know why they're good for us? Why? They get pollen and, and give it to who? The flowers that don't have The flowers and trees and things like that. And so we have a lot of crops, and some of the bees are in danger right now because they're being killed off, and so we really need to have good bees. And then there are some other kind of good bees that we need, too. This one's a, a bee kind. This is a bee kind. Okay, you know what that means, to be kind? What does that mean? Yes. It means be nice to people, be kind, treat people with respect and, and love on them. Then there's also be honest. And be, you're ahead of me, girl. I'm coming to that, okay? So this is, this is be honest right here. What does it mean to be honest? What does it mean? 
to tell the truth all the time. Well, even if it gets you in trouble, if you tell the truth, absolutely. Even if it gets you in trouble, tell the truth. Somebody out here said, no, now you're wrong. <laughs> you need to set up a counseling session with this young man right after church. And then there's what? Be generous. be generous. That's right. And we're supposed to be generous and we're supposed to share with other people when they have need. And then there's what? Forgiving. Be forgiving. And that's so important. That's so because, huh? Be forgiving. Be forgiving. That's right. Because, and you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. Even, even we make mistakes. And so we need to forgive people. You, you want that? There. Okay. Even Jesus forgave people that nailed him on the cross. And then there's this one. Be happy. Be happy. It's important to be happy. And, and so you know, what a, you know what a smile is? It's a frown turned upside down. Yeah, that's what it is. So these are good bees. But if we don't do them, then it's going to come back and sting us in the end. So work on being good bees and be nice to the flying kind. Do you know that sometimes, sometimes when you pick up bees, you shouldn't do that probably. But sometimes I do. If they look like they're, huh? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, they die like puppies do, huh? Yeah. Remember that one? You don't want to bother them, but it, sometimes I help them if, some, if they're caught somewhere and I take them outside or something like that. you got to be real careful with it. But, but these are the kind of good bees, and the bees that fly around are really good for us, so don't hurt the bees, okay, because we need them to make life better for us. Let's pray. Ready? Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Father, we thank you so much for every boy and girl that's here. We thank you, Lord, for the instruction in your word that tells us how to act and how to be. Forgive us of our sins and bless us, we pray today in Jesus' name. And all the boys and girls said, amen. amen. All right, you can go to your class along with our junior hires, our sixth grade through ninth grade. They're meeting on the patio. Don't you just love these kids? I never know what's going to happen up here, I'll tell you what. They keep me on my toes. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, as we get started, and, and you can turn to Matthew chapter 6 if you'd like to, Matthew chapter 6, I have too much material to cover in one sermon. So if you get through before I do, go ahead and leave. If I'm still going and you're like, man, the roast is going to burn, doggone it, what's, what's going on with this guy, is his watch broken? Uh, I, I've got a lot of material, but I, I think it's uh, pertinent to the age in which we live. And some of you uh, will hear things today from the Word of God that you've maybe never heard before or never heard applied before. And your first reaction, I'm going to tell you right now, your first reaction is going to be to dismiss it, kind of just uh, ignore it. But I want to caution you that if what I say is in the Word of God, taken from the Word of God in a proper context in the Word of God, then let the Holy Spirit help you evaluate my sermon, my homily, my instruction today, because if it comes from the Word of God, it is absolutely true. How many of you know that the Word of God is relevant to our lives in every area, not just in how to worship, but in every area. How many know that it really addresses every single area of our life? How many know that God gives all kind of directives 
in the Bible about how to use uh, our money and what to do with our money and what not to do with our money. And how many of you know that the world's philosophy is counter God's philosophy in so, so many areas and probably just about every area? So have you ever heard anything like, if you listen to radio or watch TV, you have, but have you ever heard this before? Buy now, pay later, right? No payments till January of 2023. Doesn't that sound great? Wow, we can get that brand new bedroom suit and, and we don't have to pay anything for a whole year? That's wonderful. Or how about this, a dollar down. A huh? dollar down, a dollar a month. That's how the credit system began in the United States of America about 172 years ago with the Singer Sewing Machine Corporation. They, they started uh, revolving credit uh, back that far ago, that, that long ago. So everyone qualifies, bad credit, bankruptcy, no problem. Skip the first payment. We'll add interest on with all kinds of extras later on. I mean, credit trap and credit debt, is it a blessing or is it a curse? Everybody here knows the people who are in trouble because of debt or you maybe have been in trouble because of debt or maybe you're in trouble because of debt. We're suckers for instant gratification. Someone told me this week, somebody here probably told me this week uh, that some, uh, it was a serviceman, I don't know if it was Navy, Army, what, some serviceman had a brand new Corvette and never drove it. And the guy asked him, why don't you drive your car? He said, I can't afford the gas. <laughs> I told him to give him my name and I would try to help him out with making sure the tires don't get flat on one side. But, uh, but we, we, we want instant gratification. We want what we want. We want it right now. We don't want to have to wait. We don't want to have to save for it. So someone, some business will accommodate us by giving us and extending to us credit. Everyone does it, right? Uh, last time I checked, this week, uh, the United States of America is in about $29 trillion worth of debt. $29 trillion worth of debt. It's going up uh, astronomically. Uh, we're actually way beyond a tipping point. We will not be able to, as a nation, afford the interest only. Uh, uh, by the way, that's a new ploy uh, in the housing market right now. Hey, you want a new home? You can buy a new home. We'll finance it and, and, it, and you own interest only for 40 years. Isn't that wonderful? Interest only. So after 40 years, you still owe what the house costs. Uh, it, it's crazy. So uh, don't pattern your, what you do after what the government does because you don't have the printing presses that they have and the paper and the ink. So what is debt? In Hebrew culture and, and in 2 Kings chapter 4, I, I know you're in another reference, but stay there just a minute. I'll be there in a minute. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, uh, the Bible talks about uh, usury. In fact, I, I was reading in my devotions this morning, and again, the way God does things, I don't believe in coincidences, God incidences, uh, my reading this morning talked about usury and not charging usury. And what is usury? It's, it's the business of lending money at interest. Uh, and the Hebrew word uh, for usury comes from the root word to bite. And I will tell you something, high interest is, it, it bites and, and it chews you up and it eats you up and it spits you out. Uh, so people could be ruined financially by the, by the charging of high interest rates. You all have heard about or you've watched on TV some uh, police program where someone's indebted to a loan shark. And a loan shark charges usury, exorbitant interest. 
due very, very quickly. If you don't pay it off, they do things to encourage you, like break your kneecaps and things like that, which is a tremendous encouragement uh, to, to go ahead and pay. Uh, one definition of debt is something owed. It could be money. It could be goods. It could be services. It could be an obligation to pay or to render some, something to someone else. It is the condition of owing. The word borrow comes from the Old English, which means pledge. Mortgage, you might find this interesting, is French and, and, and origin and means dead pledge. <laughs> so if you, have an, or if you have a mortgage, isn't it great? We have a dead pledge. Uh, you probably owe it till we die or something like that. To amortize means to deaden. To charge is, it comes from Latin, which means a load or a burden. Uh, and so debt uh, has some interesting adjectives in the thesaurus, if you ever check it up. A liable, chargeable, in difficulties, encumbered, involved, up against it, in the red, insolvent, in arrears, in hock. It's, debt is a form of surgery, uh, surgery of slavery. It, they might cut your liver out, too, if you don't pay them. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Debt is an excess of liabilities over assets. And traditionally, uh, home debt in California, at least in our part of the state, has been uh, not too much of a problem because it keeps going up in value. So you have an equity built up there. But uh, check with some people that were around in 2008 who had huge mortgages, who then uh, lost all of their equity and wound up uh, uh, with short sales, which means simply that, and Dan, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it means they had to sell for less than what they actually owed uh, in their property. So so uh, a good rule is never to borrow for depreciating items, cars, clothes, appliances, luxuries, pay cash instead. Matthew 6, verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt. And, and it's interesting that moth and rust corrupting uh, literally means to cause to disappear or to vanish away. And where thieves break through and steal by stealth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, someone says, well, uh, preacher, what about co-signing for uh, our son, our daughter? What about co-signing for our parents? In Proverbs 6.1, my child, if you co-sign a loan for a friend or guarantee the debt of someone you hardly know, either way, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, Quick, get out of it if you possibly can. You've placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a deer escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. When you co-sign for someone, you know what you're doing? You're borrowing the money. You're borrowing the money. You're loaning money to someone who the professionals say they're too risky to sign a note, so I've got to have someone who's more, uh, who, who has more assets who I can get to in case this person who is risky and can't buy it on their own uh, doesn't pay me, then I can have someone to go for it. You're hoping your friend or your family member will pay back the debt. Statistically, about half do not. And you're placing a heavy burden on them because they're, they're having to pay out for something that they can't really afford to get. And if you're a good manager of your money and they're not a good manager of their assets, you may reap the consequences of their bad decisions. So don't co-sign. Uh, don't spend more than you make. Only the government can do that. <laughs> Owe no man anything but to love one another. 
Romans 13, 8. Uh, companions of financial pressure are things like insecurity, fear, anxiety, loss of sleep, ungratefulness, enslavement, envy, bitterness, disillusionment. So what's the problem with that? What, preacher, what, what's the principle that applies? What's the problem with it? Romans 13, 8, I read a moment ago. Oh, no man anything except uh, for your obligation to love one another. Debt was oftentimes in the Old Testament uh, judgment from God in Deuteronomy 28, 15. It shall come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command this day, and all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And listen to this in verse 44. He shall lend to the you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, you shall be the tail. So he will wind up lending to you. You will wind up owing him as a judgment for not keeping the commandments of Almighty God. Uh, it, it also produces bondage. I've used the term slavery a couple of times this morning. I said surgery once by mistake. Sorry about that. Uh, but slavery in Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. I don't need an NLT to understand what that means. I can understand that right out of the KJV. Uh, probably any translation is going to be pretty easy. The rich rule over the poor. The borrower is servant to the lender. Money borrowed with a smile is often repaid with a frown. It presumes upon the future. James in the New Testament says, look here, you people who, who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town, we'll stay there a year, we'll do business, and we'll make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? And none of us know what will happen tomorrow. There are people yesterday who were alive who had plans for today who are no longer alive on this planet right now today. They're somewhere, and they're going to be somewhere for all of eternity depending upon their relationship to Jesus Christ. But people make plans, and it's okay to plan. I'm not saying it's wrong to plan, but we should not presume upon the future. And when we uh, take on debt, we presume that we'll always be able to pay off this debt that we're taking on. He continues for your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. Proverbs 27, 1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. We don't have any idea what's going to happen tomorrow. It gives the illusion of independence. Deuteronomy 8, 17, and you will say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. And that's what a lot of people think. I am so smart. I'm so brilliant. I'm so lucky. I'm so this. I'm so that, that I have so much. Uh, but you know what? Whatever you have, whatever I have, whatever we have is because God is a merciful, almighty, giving God. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Your ability to do your job comes from God. Your ability to get up in the morning comes from God. Your ability to be able to think, to be able to see, to be able to speak, to be able to hear, to be able to take a step, all of those things are gifts from Almighty God. Amen. So you have this illusion. If you think you're responsible for your success and your abundance, because it's all because of the grace of God. It interferes with God's provision. Sometimes God wants to do things for us. God wants to give things to us. God wants to show that he's a loving father who can provide, and yet we can go out and, and talk to the bank and get a loan and go ahead and take care of it ourselves so he doesn't have to provide for us. It removes barriers to harmful things. In, J in James chapter 4, verse 3, 
you ask and perceive not because you ask amiss that you can consume it upon your lusts. A lot of things that we go into debt for, we have no business having in the first place. It demonstrates discontent with God's provision. So rushing out, borrowing a bunch of money uh, and encumbering yourself uh, says, I'm not happy with what I have. I'm not happy with the blessings that God has given me. So I'm going to go ahead and provide for something else. But he says, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And listen to this, uh, one of the most misquoted verses in the entire word of God. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, what do you hear people say? Money is the root of all kinds of evil. But that's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. In other words, greed is the motivation, is the motivation that causes nations to invade other nations. It's greed is what causes criminals to break into your house and steal from you. Greed is what uh, causes people to do inside trading that you and I can't do, but Congress can do. Uh, greed. Did I really say that? All right. So, so the love of money is real. And, and some, some people craving money, listen to this, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It also devours resources through high interest. I did a little thing a couple of years ago. I, I didn't do it this time, but uh, I got some. I don't. I don't. I don't use credit card. I don't keep any balance on my credit cards. I. I should say I use them to buy gas, to buy things, but I pay them off each month. But I got an application for a credit card because I get those every so often, and and I figured out the interest on it, and it was crazy. It was insane. It was, even in today's low interest rate days, it was something like twenty one percent or something like that, and, and, and I did a little calculation thing, and if you paid just the minimum payments on a $1,000 loan, you'd wind up paying like $1,600 or $1,800. I can't remember what it was. Um, so it's crazy. It devours resources through high interest. I hate interest. I hate it. If, if on occasion, if I get my check to Discover card in, uh, actually, I do it electronically now, but if, I didn't do that at first electronically because I was figuring the Antichrist was having uh, something to do with it. He may still have, but it's real convenient. So, uh, so now I do it electronically. But if it gets in a little bit late because I was not getting in on time, whatever, um, and, and I get an interest, I, I'll call him up and haggle with him, and they'll dismiss the charge, and I feel so much better about it. I don't want to pay 10 cents worth of interest. I have no desire to do that. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he that's faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that's unjust in least is unjust in much. If therefore um, you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which are the, the money, then who will commit to you trust the true, true riches? And the true riches are not dollars and cents. The true riches are life and the things that God does for us and God gives to us. It inhibits resourcefulness. If you can go out and borrow money and buy something, you don't have to fix anything. I, 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 can't, I cannot stand this idea of just throwing everything away. I, I want to work on things. I want to fix things. And I, 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 one of our vacuum cleaners that we've probably had for 20 years or 25 years, uh, I had trouble with a switch not working, and then it just wouldn't, the beater bar wouldn't work. I tore that stupid thing apart several times and worked on it. I, I could hotwire it, and it would work, but I, I didn't think maybe that was a good idea. So, um, 
So with much, much reluctance, I went ahead and bought a new one, and, and, I, and it still didn't throw it away for about a week or two. I just left it there and thinking, man, I ought to go ahead and fix that anyhow before I throw it away, uh, which makes no sense at all. But it inhibits resourcefulness. It promotes impulse buying. We buy things on the spur of the moment, and then later on we figure, why do we have this? Why in the world? When, when did we get this? Did we get this? Where did it come from? What's going on? Why did, and, and, and access to, uh, to funds that we spend for things we don't even need. It damages God's reputation because the Bible says God should supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, but I feel like I have to do that. It weakens my personal faith. He that's without faith is impossible to please him. For if we come to God, we must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It excludes help from other people. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, 14, interesting verse right now, you have plenty and you can help them, talking about some other Christians who are in need. Then at some other time, they can share with you when you need. In this way, everyone's needs shall be met. Christians ought to have this network where we help each other out, but not by charging interest. You want to be a real blessing to someone? Be a blessing. Give them something and tell them it's a gift. You don't want them to pay it back. You don't have any reason for them to pay back. It facilitates overspending. Those who love money will never have enough. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. My favorite cartoon, one of my favorite cartoon characters growing up, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> doing the backstroke in his swimming pool full of money. How many can identify? You know what I'm talking about? Those were the days, my friend. <laughs> we thought they'd never end, comes to mind. Anyhow... Those who love money will never have enough. How much do you need to be satisfied? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. How absurd it is to think that wealth brings true happiness. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. That's not me. How absurd it is to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. <laughs> the more you have, these lottery winners, these people, win, all of a sudden they have cousins and nephews and aunts and uncles and people come out of the woodwork. Hey! How you doing, old friend, old buddy, old... What's your name? Uh, yeah. So, so what is the advantage of wealth except perhaps to watch it run through your fingers? That's what Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says. What about the myths of debt? Myth number one, debt is a tool. I remember hearing this when I first moved to California back in 1973. I came from normal places where prices were normal, and, and I moved to... Uh, Carnalfornia. And, um, and so one of the first things somebody told me, debt is a tool and should be used to create prosperity. So borrow someone else's money. Let someone else's money work for you. Use other people's money. Borrow it now, pay back with inflated currency. The truth of the matter is debt adds considerable risk to you. In the event that you lose your job, in the event you become sick, and a lot of different events. So uh, myth number two, if you loan money to friends or relatives, I'm helping them. The truth, if you loan money to friends or relatives, the relationship can become strained, can become destroyed even. The joke is if you lend $100 to your mother-in-law and she never speaks to you again, is it worth the investment? <laughs> but again, if you really want to help someone, Give them money with no request or expectation of repayment. Give it to them and say, this is a free gift. This is just, it's for you. Myth number three, co-signing for a loan is okay if it's family. The truth is, we've already talked about this, the bank wants someone else to come after because they don't think your relative can pay it. 
Myth number four, cash advances, payday loans, rent to own, pawn shops are needed to help lower income people uh, get ahead. The truth is they prey on lower income people. Number five, buy your furniture now with no payments, no interest until 2023. 20, talked about that. When the furniture, uh, when it comes around time to start paying for it, it's kind of a little bit raggedy anyhow. And 88% of you who bought will wind up with this as a debt at 24 to 38% interest, depending on the place from where you purchased it. And it's never the same as cash because with cash, you could possibly get a discount. Number six, car payments are a way of life, a necessity. The truth, average millionaires drive used vehicles. Walton, what's his name? What was his first? Sam Walton, drive an old beat-up pickup truck worth multiplied millions and millions of dollars. We had a gentleman, we had a, I could call him a kid because I, I knew him when he was a kid, but uh, he gave a big gift to the, this church uh, in December. Um, he drives... He was driving a 15-year-old car. The clear coat peeling off of it. He, he, he all of a sudden came into a windfall. I mean, something just blow. I'll tell you more about it next week. But, uh, but this huge windfall. And, and so you know what he did? He said, well, I, I bought a TV. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. I bought a TV because mine was so old. It wasn't one of the smart TVs. It was kind of a dumb TV. You know. <laughs> It didn't do it. It didn't talk back to you. You people, I, okay, I got this hearing aid in. And, and occasionally, you remember uh, a few weeks ago, I got a phone call. So I'm trying to preach, and, and it goes right to my hearing aid. And I've got clowns to the left of me, jokers on the right, and here I am stuck in the middle with you again, going on in my head <laughs> while I'm trying to keep a straight face and preach to all of you. So occasionally, I'm, I'm sitting, and, and, and Siri will start saying, well, how can I help you with that? And I'm like, I don't need any help. What's the problem? And my wife goes, because she can't hear Siri. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Uh, okay, so, so this guy, he could, he could go buy a Ferrari if he wanted to. He could, buy a, he could buy several Ferraris. He could buy a house with a five-car garage and fill them up with Ferraris. He's got 15-year-old cars driving around. Car payments don't have to be a way of life. I got to adding this up. And, and okay, we, we had three children. One of the things we did for them when they got to a certain age, uh, I think around the time they graduated, or it may have been a little bit before, before that, is we bought them used vehicles. And then I had some motorcycles that I bought. <laughs> and some other, I, added, I added up the other night, and if I'm correct, we, the last 25 vehicles we have purchased I have purchased, uh, we have paid cash for. Because we don't have to go out and buy a brand new. You drive it off the parking lot, turn around, go back in, and say, I changed my mind. They said, we'll give you half of what you paid for it. That's what happens. Myth number seven, you have to have credit cards to build your credit. Truth is, you don't have to have credit cards to build your credit. You don't need credit. And you, you can get a, um, a debit card to be able to do the things that you need to do. And, and that's myth number five. You need a credit card to rent a car, check into a hotel, or buy a, um, online. No, you, you can do that with a debit card. 
so much more information. Myth number nine, and this is a big one, debt consolidation. Listen to this. I've seen this on TV lately again. Debt consolidation saves interest to you, and you have a smaller payment. I heard it on the radio, too. And they say, you know, oh, man, so-and-so saved $400 a month because they consolidated their debt. Yeah, and they spread it out, and they're going to be paying that for however many more years now. And if you do the math, you're going to find out you've just lost a bunch of money, a ton of money. It's dangerous. And that's why they call it con consolidation. It's like the new variant of COVID. It's another con. Uh, I need to stick to my notes. So how to get out of debt? Begin now to live within your means. That's a good place to start. Begin right now to live within your means. Draw up a budget. Stick to it. I have, in our house, in our garage, I have the first budget that we ever had as a married couple. In fact, I had a budget that was a proposed budget when I proposed to my wife. And I still got it. And we, we, had, we had things like one week you would spend $10 for groceries. The next week you'd spend $15 for groceries. The next, then go back to 10 and then 15. Our, our month, we would, have, we would have 10, 15, 10, 15 for groceries. We, we listed everything. If you bought a pair of shoes, you had to put it down. If you bought a shirt, you had to put it down. Whatever we paid out, we had on that debt. Drop a budget, stick to it. Cut up your credit cards. Now, some of you just broke out in a rash when I said that. <laughs> if you cannot handle a credit card and you cannot keep from using it and not paying it off each month, then you're better off to cut it up. We've had... Uh, teaching this class, uh, uh, the Lowers and, and ourselves at the, at the other church and here, we've had jars full of cut-up credit cards, and people begin to dig out of that and get out of that debt uh, trap that they're in. Uh, covenant to pray together about your debt. Ask God to provide your needs and wants. Proverbs 37, 3 through 5, is trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will dwell safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Formulate a plan. And that's what this class that uh, we're, we're going to be having is, is all about, a plan. How? You say, well, preacher, I'm too far in debt. You're never too far in debt to start getting out of debt. Never. Uh, so you pick out the smallest balances, you pay those off, you pour the extra payments into larger debts, you pick the highest percentage rates on the small debts and prepay that. You always pay more than minimum payment. You communicate with your creditors. You don't take out bankruptcy unless there's some kind of a, a catastrophic event that's occurred. You establish an emergency fund that is for emergencies, that is not for tickets to the Padres game. That is not an emergency that may be a crisis but it's not an emergency <laughs> and then last of all is the first thing and that's tithe be faithful to god 10 percent of everything god blesses us with belongs to him it is his going to talk about it. first things first next week going to preach on money uh, okay now look you who are visiting today say what have i walked into every time i go to a baptist church they talk about money <laughs> god knew you needed to hear this message today and next week, because I don't preach on this, but once a year, and this is the time of year, and you've hit it, but I'm going to tell you something, it's for your own good. 10% of everything God gives us, we give back to him a little bit more than that, actually, and God has blessed us. We both have come from very modest 
um, families and, and very limited resources, and God has blessed us in amazing ways. So tithe, put God first, the first 10% of every dime that God, and by the way, you say, well, I can't afford to tithe. Well, then ask God to reduce your pay uh, so that you don't have to tithe as much. Um, <laughs> some of you are going, what? Uh, if you can't afford to tithe, you know, if you make $1,000 a week, you can't give $100 a week to God uh, and appreciation for the $1,000 a week, ask him to give you a job for $500 a week so you only have to tithe 50 bucks a week. Did that, is that clear enough? You got, you got that? Okay. <laughs> How to stay out of debt. Keep giving to God and to others. God makes it possible by giving us stuff to help us to help other people. Always talk over financial decisions. My wife and I, made a, uh, an agreement probably from the time we got married, neither one of us were going to make any kind of purchases, major purchases, without talking to each other first. And, and if she's not in agreement, I can't buy that motorcycle again. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, always talk over financial. Uh, stick to your plan. Don't go in debt. Tithe to yourself when you get to a point where you can. Tithe to yourself. Start. That's what, that's what Jewish people did. They tithed the God. They had actually three tithes. Be thankful we're not a Jewish synagogue, okay? They have three tithes. Uh, we have one tithe, but then tithe to yourself. Start saving something from everything that you make. Cut back. Do your own home maintenance and repairs. Do without newspapers and magazines. Watch out for your cell phone plans. Watch out for all these little charges uh, that come up on uh, for um, apple.com huh? Uh, and try to figure out what all that stuff is for. Uh, sell some of your possessions, the high depreciating or luxury items. Destroy credit cards. We talked about that. Reduce utilities. Um, there are ways to do that. Uh, cancel club memberships. Cut down on, you know, I mean, just practical things. Don't put excessive money into hobbies. I, I love cars. What guy doesn't like cars? You know, I mean, most guys like, except for the guy that gave us a big check this week or this month. Um, well, he likes cars too, but he's just got some good sense about it. But I, I see people in my neighborhood that have hundreds of thousands of dollars into three or four cars. You only drive one at a time. I haven't figured out how they drive more than one at a time. Uh, and, and you know that by, by, by trapping us in debt, it limits what we're able to do, not only for the cause of, king, of the kingdom of God, but for other people who are needy much needier than are we. It limits what we can do. So God wants you to be free from debt so you can be faithful to him and a blessing to others. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus paid your sin debt? Amen. The greatest debt we have is, is not financial. The greatest debt we've ever had is not financial. It's spiritual. And that we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. And then he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You can leave this place knowing you have everlasting life because Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin, which was death. That's why he died. He had no sin of his own. So he died for your sins and for mine. And hanging on that cross, he looked out. 
people who had crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he was buried, and he rose again. And we can be victorious over death, hell, and the grave by trusting in him. Aren't you glad he paid your sin debt? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Look, at I'm a Baptist preacher. I don't want one penny of your money. I want your soul. I want your never-dying soul. I want you to give your heart and your mind and your body to the God who loved you, formed you, created you intricately in your mother's womb, gave you life, breathed into your nostrils the breath of life, and you became a living soul. I want that. Would you trust him today? Please bow your heads with me. If you're not certain that if you died, you'd go to heaven right now, would you pray a prayer of faith to God? Would you ask him to be your Lord and Savior right now? You say, preacher, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Hey, pray this. Pray something like it. Pray right now. Something like this. You don't have to say it out loud. You can if you want to, but pray this to God. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've come so far short of what you'd have me to be and done things that you don't want me doing. Lord, I know that one day I'm going to die. I know that. That happens to everybody unless you come back in our lifetime, but otherwise we're all going to die because of the sin debt that we have. And I believe that Jesus is your son, God. And I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And so right now, where I am, where I'm seated in this church, I pray a simple prayer of faith. Father, please save my soul. Forgive me my sins. Be my Lord and my master. Take away my guilt and shame. I trust you with all my heart. With every head still bowed, if you just prayed that prayer in simple faith, would you, as a testimony, just raise your hand up real high. Hold it up real high. Preacher, I just prayed that prayer. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Are there others besides these? Preacher, I just, I just prayed that. I'm sincere. I meant it with all my heart. Anyone else? Our Father, we're so grateful and thankful for you, for what you mean to us, not only in this life, but in the life to come. We're thankful that you're concerned about practical things like debt, like being kind, like being forgiving, like being generous. God, help us to be what you would have us to be. Lord, help us to trust you and to put into practice your word into our lives as best we can. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to sing a verse of invitation. As far as I know, we're just going to sing one verse. Not, not very long. So look, if you're in the back, you need to start right now. If you need to come and pray about something, you need to come and have us pray for you or have us help you make some kind of a decision for Christ. You want to be saved. You want to get baptized. You want to join the church. Whatever it is, would you come? Here this one verse of invitation quickly right now.
Go ahead and be seated again. I'm so thrilled. Uh, last week was wonderful having people baptized again. It's been kind of uh, slow going with the baptisms in the COVID time, but uh, for the, to the glory of God, we have uh, someone else who's going to follow the Lord in believers' baptism this week again. And so I'm going to ask Ryan to come and to go ahead and take care of that because uh, it's one of those that's in the Navigator ministry. Morning, everybody. Um, I'll be brief here, but uh, if you don't know me, my name's Ryan, and uh, I work with the Navigators doing military ministry here um, on, in San Diego. And uh, this is Taylor, and uh, I met Taylor through, uh, through a friend who used to be involved with the, our military ministry here about six or seven years ago, and then he went to be a drill instructor at boot camp, and then he came back. And now he's an engineman working on the boats at the SWIC teams. And um, he was on base going through the drive-through at, uh, at uh, Jack in the Box, right? At Jack in the Box on base. But they, they closed down the inside before they closed down the drive-through. So Taylor uh, um, was on base trying to get some food there. And, and he was walking up, and they were closed. So anyway, so my, my buddy um, told him to jump in the car, and we'll go back through the drive-through. And so they went through and <laughs> got to talk and uh, found out they were both um, – both believers, and uh, he's like, oh, we got a cool military ministry here. You should get in touch with somebody, and so he gave my number, and that was kind of history, and so Taylor and I met and um, and just hit it off right away, and, and um, yeah, it's been an awesome relationship and getting to encourage him and while he's been in the Navy, and um, uh, um, just one thing I'll say about Taylor is I have not met someone in a, in a long time who shows a love for God and a love for people and a heart for discipleship as, as much as he does. Um, I, uh, I think the second time we hung out or something like that, we had like a, you know, was that the Thanksgiving? Yeah, we, I gave him my car the first time, or I have a, an extra car, like a, a Chevy Tahoe, and so I was like, yeah, here, take this, and just drive it around, and then you can just fill it up with uh, friends and your classmates and guys in the Navy that you know, and bring them to church and Bible study, so so if you ever see the, the brown Chevy Tahoe out front that unloads kind of like a clown car and they just kind of fall out all the doors, that's, that's Taylor and all the guys. So um, all the guys have been super faithful and just hanging out and building relationships with them has been awesome. So I just asked Taylor to share a couple words, whatever he wanted to, as a testimony to just what God's been doing in his life. So I'll pass it off to him. Thanks. Um, yeah, this has been really neat season of life. And um yeah, last last week, Pastor Jim preaching about baptism really made me just uh, reflect on on my faith journey and and it just made me realize this is uh, this is a step I I need to take. Um, kind of taken it before and it was kind of kind of screwy and <laughs> excuse my language, but uh, but I just really yeah talking to him just really made me realize like just to have this settled between me and me and my Savior and this isn't what gets me there, but. Uh, if this is what he did, then this is what I should do too. So, yeah, just trying to be faithful with whatever it is he asked me to do in every season, and uh, trying to walk in righteousness and, and that. And and yeah, I thank you guys for being willing to be family to all of us through this season, and uh, the grace you've shown all of us, and and the love and compassion. It's just, yeah, it's humbling. So thank you for all of this and being able to walk this with us. Thanks.
All right, my goal, my desire would be that we baptize very often around here at First Baptist Church. Wouldn't mind every single week. So if you'd like to follow the Lord in believers' baptism, uh, let us know ahead of time so we can heat the water. It is heated. <laughs> Taylor said that's not necessary. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that swims in 32-degree water or whatever. But uh, we heated it up just because, and we can do that for you and be happy to take care of it. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Lord, you're an awesome God. Lord, thank you so much for Taylor's testimony. Thank you for these guys up here in the front. Lord, protect them and bless them with what they're going through in their careers and open doors, shut doors according to your perfect will. Reassure them and all of us that you're God, no matter whether the door is open or closed. And Father, we pray that you would bless us and help us to weigh the words of Scripture regarding debt, regarding obligating ourselves, um, in areas that perhaps would not be the best for us. And Father, I pray that you would help us most of all to trust you for every need that we have. God, trust you for the air we breathe, for the water we drink, for every single thing you give us. Father, we thank you for the good and wonderful gifts that come from you. Now go with us today. Help us to glorify you in all that we do. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and be nice and be friendly to those on either side of you. God bless you. Thank you for being in God's house today. Papa.